0: from sugar 23 i am angela Ledgewood, and this is lit up my guest today is the musician author and broadcaster clemency burton hill who has made it her mission to demystify classical music which sometimes has a reputation for being a bit stuffy, boring, and largely inaccessible. Clemency has worked to change that reputation at New York Public Radio, WNYC Studios, and BBC Sounds. And today we're going to talk about her two books, Year of Wonder, and her follow-up to that book, Another Year of Wonder, both of which introduce the reader to a new piece of music every day. In January 2020, Clemency spent 17 days in a coma after a brain hemorrhage. We talk about how her life has changed since then, including her challenges with speech and the way her relationship with music has deepened and become even more complex. I hope you enjoy it. I can't believe I get to sit opposite you, Clemency Burton Hill, for Lit Up. Thank you so much for having me in your home. Can you describe where we're sitting and what type of day it is? It's one of those days, late March.
1: The sun is streaming through the windows. We're in Manhattan and I feel very lucky to be alive for lots of reasons.
0: We're here specifically to talk about two of your books, A Year of Wonder and Another Year of Wonder, which chooses a piece of classical music for every day and you introduce us to the composer, their life, their story, for being. And it's such a a way into classical music for someone like myself who doesn't have that language at their fingertips. So what is a piece of music that would reflect the feeling of today, this morning for you? Oh, wow. Well, right now I would say immediately
1: Spring by Max Richter. I love this piece so much and I love his music generally. And it's a wonderful... Dialogue, through space and time and periods in history, and I love what he does with the conversation with Vivaldi. It's hard to to talk about classical music or or any music just through language, and now, unfortunately, my ability to use language as we might get onto, is vastly diminished now. But luckily, compared to, let's say, two years ago, when I literally had no words at all, I feel this is, is progress. And so the music, for me, says progress and rebirth. And it's a bit of a cliché to say spring and this beautiful day like this is a sort of rebirth or a sense of like oh
0: keep going this is gonna be okay just keep going there's so much in what you've just been talking about i think that idea of regeneration is something that's so apt to what you've been through clemmy Let's talk about what happened to you. So take us back, if you don't mind, to just over two years ago. You'd moved to New York for this, you know, exciting, incredible job as the artistic director of WQXR, the biggest radio station really in one of them, in America. What was happening in your life and how did that change? Ooh, I mean, where, how long do you have? How
1: long we do we have? I suppose it's probably helpful to, to have a bit of, of background with my own life before times. I always talk about like, I know people are talking about the before times about the pandemic, but also for me, it's a sort of double before times because my brain exploded on January the twentieth, twenty twenty. And then of course within a matter of weeks the world shut down. Well let's let me go back to the first person. You know, I was on you know absolutely normal Monday morning trying to get my kids out of the door, like running around I was late, I had to be at a meeting in Brooklyn, running out the door, running into the subway, running into my meeting. Having the meeting, suddenly I know what I'm trying to say, but what I'm hearing is that what I'm actually saying is total... like. And it was the most unbelievably scary. It did, there's nothing to, to... I just didn't understand what's going on and tried again to say what I was trying to say because at that point it was still... I thought I was still yeah. okay. And then the next thing that I woke up to was after... 17 days in a coma. And when I woke up after this, the coma with half of my skull missing and I couldn't move at all on my right side, I couldn't really move anything. I just assume it was like a a nightmare. What a weird dream, as if I was like going to say that to my husband or whatever, and there was one of my great friends, my childhood friends, in my hospital. Like, what is he doing in here? What? what? And where am I? What the? F- what? <laughs> it's now two years plus, and it still doesn't make sense but obviously I do understand now what happened but for a long time I couldn't compute so many things but that was including music the whole right side of my body was affected and so that included hearing but also it's not just hearing it's sort of inside my body, my brain so i couldn't really compute quite what i was hearing what was going on and it took a long time to really understand just just on the what i was hearing for a long time and then for a long time even after i then sort of it got easier familiar then it comes the emotional breach that I couldn't face hearing some things. And it was, as you said, you know, sometimes music is just too potent and too total somehow. And there were some very, very close allies in my former life in terms of pieces of music that I th- thought I could totally depend on. It was too traumatic to listen to. But now, l- luckily, <laughs> I'm, I'm sort of almost there. But, you know, it's been taking it's taking a long time,
0: you know. Oh, yeah. It must be exhausting, I mean.
1: Yes, it is, but... I'm very aware that I'm so lucky to be alive at all. So although I, as part of me, that's like, you know, it's such a struggle, everything. But of course, most people in my situation, they don't even get to listen to music in their living room with a friend or my kids or whatever. Like, this is all... Boneness. so yeah that's I think now I also have been able to not make my peace with that at all of course I don't like and I'm never going to be able to be somehow reconciled but the things that was so painful for me to hear or listen to at the beginning now I understand that I also... Not that it's deeper, necessarily, but it's a different relationship. Mm-hmm. And as always, and everyone do does, you know, my relationship has evolved. And sometimes, in a lovely way, I feel like nothing has evolved because... But in a nice way. Like, in... Like, my... Sense of how steadfast music is as an ally for me. And I hope that other people, they have that as well. Whatever it is, you know, for some people it's nature. For me, it's like nature is like fine, but friendships, connections to other
0: human beings and music is like, you know, my jam. How did that first interaction with music happen? It's very random. My mum has
1: absolutely no music in her life. I mean, obviously, she likes music. Uh, Most people do. But she never had ever learned an instrument. I think she's always said that she's tone deaf. I have two older brothers on her side. Yeah, they have absolutely no interest or like anything to do cl- classical music they you know loved every other c- kinds of music but the first time when I was you know very small I think there was a you know young person playing the violin in like a Christmas concert or something and I think my mum just had it on the the TV and I I was like sort of transfixed and in the way that like young toddlers do sort of I want to do that I would you know I I, I apparently got like quite like ferocious and but apparently I really you know never stopped and so she asked around you know is this like a thing I you know can younger kids learn to do instruments and I think a friend of a friend or something said oh there is this method that teaches very young people to play it's called Suzuki and so my mum said uh, so went back to the phone book and started to call about Suzuki and about you know after how many motorcycle dealerships um, <laughs> that they, he, she spoke to. She was, like, about to give up and said, like, that's it. I've tried. We can't do that. That this is, like, done. And the last one that she tried, she got hold of this force for nature who's called Helen Brunner. She ran the London Suzuki Group. And she, she said, how old is, is your daughter? And I think my mum said three or two. And she said, great, well, we'll, we'll see you on, on Thursday. The reason that I even want to sort of go back to that was that Suzuki, that method, is just about having means to connect to other human beings i think people think sometimes like oh this like show off like cuz they can play you know blah, blah 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 when they're five it's not that he was convinced as i am that music is a human language you know in at least in the the west There are basically, all music comes from seven notes. And that to me is one of the absolute miracles of our existence on this planet. And what I was really, 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 really hoping to do with these books is just open up this world of classical music which I mean the genre title is really unfortunate in a way because there's so much baggage around classical music. I wish we could just get rid of the idea that like it's classical music and it's different from actual music it's literally not it's just music many people though, literally dedicate their lives to like that learn and study and teach the academic theory of music and of course there are also very many people who who, who literally dedicate their lives to playing the music, that is wonderful, of course. I'm so grateful, that's fine. But it's also, it doesn't mean that means that any other listener, if they don't have the language or they don't have the, you know, terminology that they can't, like, get into the club... Like, I just call bullshit on this. It's like, do you have a heart and a soul and someone, something that possibly responds to this? Right, you're in. And yet, yet there are so many different layers of society and education and class and race that keeps people out. And I
0: think that's just unforgivable. Well, And this is what your books are here for. But also uh, one of your shows that I've been going back and listening to is Classical Fix. And it was a series on BBC where you would have you know, well-known but random people, not from within the music world at all, and you'd give them a series of tracks to go home and listen to. And it was such a beautiful idea, because it was speaking exactly to what you've been saying. They have ears, and they have a heart, and they would just respond to whatever they heard without knowing the backstory. The book gives us a chance to first read about a piece and then listen to it. But there's such an opportunity to flip it and just see, how do I feel? And I think often the first way into classical music that people don't even realise is through the soundtracks of films. Like, why do we feel teary and emotional at a certain scene? Often it's that music. There are so many film composers in the book but is there one that stands out to you as someone who's, whenever you see a film and feel something, you're like, oh, it might have been composed by... Yeah. Well, it's not just
1: just one, but I absolutely adore, obviously, the sort of maestro John Williams. He is, you know, the most unbelievably gentle soul. I've had the great pleasure to interview him probably over a decade ago, just before his 80th birthday. He's just turned ninety. But he, you know, he's like the the opposite of whatever people think about classical musicians or classical composers. As if somehow they they're in this different plane of existence they're not they're just like you and me and when I say me and you it's just with obviously I'm trying to say it's just they're human beings you know and I think the reason that he is his music is so so evocative and so unbelievably powerful. that Star Wars to Shindler's List to Anna, in the, Indiana the Jones, Indiana Jones. My my speech therapist will be like, okay, this week we're going to just do Indiana Jones. Um um, Harry Potter, you know, there's yeah. so much all the time. He's he's so good. And in fact, I think I've put this in the original Year of Wonder. Er, any, Ennio Morricone, which is also, you know, he he's one of the sort of greats. I mean, probably, I think maybe John Williams would say that people don't think about then... That they are classical music, and that they are classical composers, but it's always a difficult question. How do we define and label classical music well i I hate the label, unfortunately, but it is we, we are sort of stuck with it now. It is a real question. like how do we define this, especially now that streamings platforms and the way that albums and music is disseminated now I obviously there's lots of that which is not helpful not good for artists and composers but the big wonderful way that it has made such a difference is that now if you've got an internet connection then you're already like in. You can hear this very easily, you know, absolutely transformed our society, some for the worse, definitely. But you know, at least that there's one thing that I can say without a doubt, there is much more access to these sound worlds if you want to listen. But then there's a question of like, well, it's great that, that there's like, you know, however many hundreds of millions of tracks on in the internet. But where do you start? And where do you feel welcome? And one of the things that I found so unbelievably frustrating and is the the fact that like almost no other genres possibly jazz possibly other sort of very niche genres say oh well if you don't know then you you don't like deserve to to be here whereas other kinds of music it's just like just For in, yeah just, just listen and that's like all we need and often it comes from the people that are inside, and I know that I, that it's often comes from a very good place, which is they love these things so much that they want to protect and sort of safeguard, as if the people who, the sort of the rabble outside, like, you know, can't, can't, get into this, like, precious, very important, yeah, let go, please. Just let go.
0: Share. There's so much potential once things are shared. And there's that feedback loop of how music can change. And I I love that about the books that you take us on these journeys and you say, you know, this is the granddaddy of music. Is that Beethoven Bark! I knew it was a B. And then there's another one where you're like, this is the grandmother or the godmother of the synthesizer. And you're like, whoa, who? And then you can kind of go like hopscotch through time yeah. and history and then think, oh, this is how we got these sounds. Yeah. I don't know who the composer is that you mention in one of the books that – he doesn't even know if he calls it music more it could be a collection of sounds I mean I think that's a there's an argument for
1: either saying all of this is music or not none of it is music because this label thing is really problematic a lot of people i i including my, for example, my brothers, like, would say, like, I don't, I don't like classical music. I don't want to be, like, a, a dick, but, like, what do you mean by classical music? Because, like, there are so many thousands, maybe more, of sound worlds that could be fitted into the genre of classical music from from so many different cultures and countries and people. And, you know, they're not just old, white, dead males. Thank God. I mean, listen, I love the old, dead, white males, especially the ones, you know, that That classical music is like, you know, you sort of, you go back and think about, you know, what does the classical music composer look like? And they sort of look like old, dead white males from Germany and possibly Austria. With (laughs) crazy
0: hair. I always feel they
1: have disheveled hair. or, Or powdered Wigs And like, you know, I'm not surprised that people feel like, oh, I've got this. There's nothing. How could this dude possibly speak to me in 2022 in, you know, wherever you are right now? Like, and that is the joy and
0: magic of music full stop. When I listen to some beautiful music, you know, I um am... transported to a time and place, to a person. How, I can see you nodding, but you've been through an extraordinary two years. Was there music that you had to say, not yet? Yeah, there was a lot.
1: There was a lot of music that I couldn't face. And I was aware of the hip- hypocrisy that I have have been sort of peddling any any music and actually the the arts in general like a lot of my former life work was I used to was a pre- presenter on the. Culture show and and, and BBC again it, from in London. I would interview people about art and dance and theatre, especially theatre, opera. Like you know that th- there there was like you know architecture was one of my you know like complete obsessions. I grew up through books and so yes music and books made me my whole life's work which was so varied and like not necessarily like straightforward in terms of a career path or whatever there was all connected through the arts and how to communicate through the arts and it turns out if your brain exploded
0: the thing clammy we it's we've gone so long i oh. we're just so beautiful but i want to let you go but i want to ask you okay so two questions one that i ask everyone at the end of the episode which is what lights you up And I'll also just tell you what the other one is because you can work in a way in your brain and it will likely connect. Can you leave us with a piece of music that you feel people can listen to after this show to feel connected to you in some way?
1: Yes. What lights me up is connection. And I know that's probably a really annoying answer, because obviously it could be anything. But for me, it is connection through the arts and music and books and food. And it's it, for me, It is somehow it is about humans connecting. We haven't known each other very long, and you didn't know me before this calamity happened and so even when I started to meet you and get to know you you were lovely enough to connect with me even though I couldn't speak very well at all really not really very well at that point at all and, and, that, and that something connected I think you could be like no you random like I I There is something very exciting about, I'm not literally saying like, you know, across a crowded bar, you (laughs) literally, your eyes meet and somehow it, like, some fizz in the universe happens. But, I mean, it, that has also happened, like and I I just that connection, however it is manifested in you know circumstance or I just I really that is my jam and somehow through music there's a lot of that. I think it maybe
0: encourages that connection. I also think music helps us cut through the crap almost. Like good music kind of brings things down to its essence and it helps us feel that truth in ourselves. It's hard to deny your own feelings when you hear something that touches you. Yeah, totally.
1: And what's like wild but also wonderful is that at least people have that, but from such different sources, and I absolutely love that, that, like, that other people will feel literally nothing and you will feel, like, properly electrified. Like, that's, like,
0: thank God, in a way. Well, even conflict over art creates an interesting conversation. Yeah. Like, let's argue about this. Exactly. Why? why, why, I think I know the things I love about the humans I love is that they have passion mm-hmm. for whatever it is they're passionate about. It yeah. could be or virtually anything. Yeah, totally. Okay, Clemmie, just okay. one piece of music <clears throat> that resonates with you today that we can all go and listen to. Well, I... As
1: we said right at the beginning, I absolutely love the music of Max Ritter. I'm being slightly cheeky because I'm literally looking in another year of wonder. But Spring 3, the movement from Recomposed, the... Vivaldi's for seasons i absolutely defy anyone to put this on and not have a, a a sense of possibility but also i think in in general i i absolutely adore the second movement of the Bach double and it's a violin concerto with two soloists and then an orchestra and absolutely the adore the way that the conversation and the not necessarily an argument but that the discourse of like like what you were just saying about sort of just having a connection and having a conversation and the way that Bach, I think, in this music particular, just that sense of exchange and listening to each other. So I'd say I would go for the, the Bach double second movement and Spring Three by Richter.
0: Thank you, Clammy. Oh, what a pleasure.
1: I'm I'm sorry to sneak in another one, but it's very hard to say only one.
0: That's perfect. Thank you. Oh, thank you so much. We could have... Lit Up is a podcast from Sugar23. It's hosted by me, Angela Ledgewood, and is produced by Liam Billingham. Olivia Olmer is the marketing consultant. Mike Mayer and Michael Sugar are the executive producers. Andre Radovsky wrote the theme music. In two weeks, we'll be back with Zaka Nawaz. See you then.